The most recent attack struck the Parsakal without warning. At this point, damage to his ship was significant, but not catastrophic. The latest attack had come from three Vastma-class warships and seven smaller, incredibly fast gunships. Like the Vastma-class ships, these two were not listed in the U.S. Fleet or Alliance spacecraft database. Klaxon alarms blared throughout the Parsical. Both Rickett and Chief Bristol, back in engineering, were trying to get the antimatter drives online. For now, they would have to rely on phase shifting, but only if it became necessary. Currently, that too was on hold until all systems had adequately regenerated. Seaman Gordon was standing at his bridge console, hunched over and looking tense, with two fingers up to his ear as he listened. He half turned around and caught Jason's eye. Captain, incoming hail? It's a Commander Bracken. He says he's the ranking officer of the Sahrain Interstellar Fleets. What happened to Lord Shakrim? I asked him that. He said he's no longer alive, but wouldn't provide me any more detail on the matter. Jason momentarily brought his attention to the above 360-degree wraparound display. There was a momentary lull in the fight. His Starwatch fleet of Kaldurian warships had been hit hard by the attacking Sahrain. Not only did the enemy possess an ungodly number of assets, thousands of warships, he had underestimated the Sahrain's capabilities. The Scorpio, the Gemini, and the Taurus had been destroyed. The loss of thousands of men and women continued to weigh heavily on his mind, as did the disposition of their two captured ships, the Minion and the Sagittarius. Presently, though, all looked peaceful out there. Blazing multicolored plasma bolts were now replaced by the static blackness of outer space. But Jason had been in enough space battles to recognize the current lapse in fighting was just that. An unspoken pause a regrouping by both sides. He knew the lull was only temporary. Tell Bracken to hold on for a bit, Seaman. Jason turned towards Orion, who was busy at tactical. After years of sitting near his side on the bridge, he knew she was well aware of his stare. Without looking up, she said, They are gone. I have checked and rechecked, Cap. I am sorry. Even during the interference, the Parsicles' sensors were picking up their life forms. But now, nothing. Twice Jason had attempted to leave the bridge during two earlier lulls in the ongoing action. A shuttle was ready to head over to Almond CM5. But the last attack nearly destroyed the Parsicle, and he realized leaving the bridge would be irresponsible, even if it meant losing both Boomer and Molly. He pushed that ugly thought away. Keep trying. Aye, Cap. Bristol entered the bridge, his spacer's jumpsuit looking the worse for wear with several black splotches of something on his knees and elbows. He held up a hand, as if to ward off any questions Jason might direct to him. We're close. We need another few minutes before we can attempt to bring propulsion back online. Ricketts on it. That sounds promising. Have you been tracking the swarm droids? You mean in my spare time? Bristol asked him back, without the least bit of humor in his voice. I told you, there's nothing much to monitor with those things. They just keep killing until there's no one left to kill. Jason looked up at the logistical feed on the display. In the midst of several thousand U.S. and Alliance fleet warships, and many times that number of Sahrain ships, were ten Vastma-class ships. The latter ships were outlined, a purple tracking square around them.
Earlier, the same ships, targeted by the Parsicle's microvolt projector, had swarms of hundreds of vile cyborg droids inserted onto them. Rickett and Bristol both assured Jason that they were indeed highly effective weapons. Apparently they were right. The ten vast McClass vessels hadn't moved from their current coordinates, and the Parsicle's scans showed dwindling life-forms present, to the point Jason was almost feeling guilty for using such a horrific weapon. But his biggest fear was the inadvertent release of those same droids onto U.S. or Alliance fleet vessels. With the Parsicle's propulsion systems down, so was the power-hungry microvolt projector. Perhaps that was really a blessing. He didn't like using it in this manner.